You know, I, I want to kick you off with that because um, even now it's a little awkward. It's like, oh, I don't know if I really want to talk to anybody. But usually a favorite restaurant's easy. It's like you'd love to. I mean, if you eat someplace really well, you usually want to share that with other people. And uh, and I don't know about you, but with my kids, it's hilarious to me. Whenever my kids do anything that they enjoy or if they, I think I shared this just recently, when they create something, all I hear is, dad, dad, come here, right? Dad, come here. Dad, come here. I hear that all the time because they just want to show me stuff. They want to show me what they've done. They want to show me what they love. They want to show me this. They just want to show me stuff. And so uh, years ago, I was out in South Carolina and uh, I uh, was staying with some friends and these were great friends, like fam- second family to me. Awesome party family, right? I mean, these are the people we just stay up all night. I could pop over their house anytime and just, they were just great. So we were in in South Carolina together and, uh, I decided I just wasn't tired. So I was walking up and down the beach uh, on the ocean and I actually stayed up all night long. It was just one of those nights where like I I was by myself. It was just awesome. I ended up sitting in this lifeguard chair, you know, and just watching. And eventually the dawn started to break. You know, and as soon as it wasn't completely dark, I could see that the sky was going to be, can you ever, it's like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So I ran and I grabbed my camera and I came back down because if something's going to be really good, like you want to capture it, right? And so I, I wanted to capture it so I could remember it, but I also wanted to have these pictures so I could show. And I'm telling you, man, it was to this day, I think it was the most beautiful sunrise I have ever seen. It was fantastic. And the pictures were out of this world. So you know what I did that day is all I could do was tell everybody, right? About that sunrise. So the next day I made them all get up with me. So we, I mean, we stayed up forever and I said, Hey, you guys, I'm serious. I'm setting my alarm. And I got them up. I don't know what it's like five 30 in the morning and they're all trumbling out. We all sat down, you know, and just watch the sunrise. It's just fantastic because here's what we're going to talk about today. We love to share good things with those we love. We love to share good things with those we love. So here's what I want to tell you. That's why you're here today. That's why you're here today. Some of you might be here. Maybe this is your first time and you got invited by a friend or or someone to come to K2. And I just want to tell you, the reason you're here is because someone loves you and they want to share a good thing with you. So they said, come here. Now, some of you, you didn't come because of a friend. You came because you were on tracks and you saw it or you saw a billboard or you moved here and you checked out our website. But here's what I want to tell you. The reason you're here then is because of us, because of K2. And the reason K2 is here is because we love to share good things with those people we love. That's just how it works. And if you're a Christian today and you're in this room The reason you are a Christian is because somebody loves you. Somebody did, and they decided to share with you what was good. So uh, about a year ago, I came across an article. I just want to read this for you because I feel like this tells us a a lot. It just reveals to me the heart of K2 and what it's like when you want to share Jesus. Why do we want to share Jesus Christ with people? (laughs) Because he's good. So she writes this, she's, uh, this gal, she talks about how uh, people get invited to church and she said, now this can be really annoying when you have zero interest in going to church. Maybe that's why you're reading this. You may even be reading this thinking some version of, quote, anyone who would believe in some all-powerful man who watches every little thing that every single person does telling us to love each other while he lets whole nations suffer from starvation and genocide is out of their mind. 
That's what I used to think. But I don't anymore. Just over two years ago, I picked up a free Bible. I had read it before, but this time, almost instantly, in a wave of emotions and realizations and revelations and a wide variety of indescribable sensations, I became a Christian. It happened. It was not deliberate, and it was not a choice. It was what I thought never happened to anyone. It was what I had been so, so sure did not exist the way any of these nut jobs described it. But I'll be damned, pun intended, if it didn't happen to me, I got saved. In any movie centered around a coming-of-age love triangle, the title character will ask, Dad, how did you know you loved Mom? Or if it's a lead that is a female, Mom, how did you know you loved Dad? And whether mom or dad are answering, the answer is always the same. I just knew. It was just like that. I just knew. And that's what they want for you. That's what the person that has sent you countless emails and texts about next Sunday or called you every Saturday night asking to pick you up in the morning wants for you. Every card from your grandma with Bible passages written on it means she wants this for you. Every flyer from your neighbor or old high school friend about another church event means they want this for you. Every invitation to church is an I love you and I want this indescribable love, peace, and joy for you because I genuinely care for you. I love that when I read that because that's just true. That's what we do. We love to share good things with those that we love. Now, not only do we love to share good things with those we love, we also like to share the truth with people that we love. Um, so yesterday, and, and we all have these opportunities. I, I feel like if you're a parent, there's so much out of love that you share truth with your kids about. Um, but yesterday, uh, Susie got a call from her mom. And uh, we were just there last week. And, um, and after we left, um, she did some heavy lifting, I think. And Susie's mom's older. And she'd been in a lot of pain. Susie was just with her for a funeral a few days ago, and she was in a lot of pain, and she went to her therapist, and the therapist told her, you've actually broken your back. And so, now, Susie's mom has osteoporosis, and the gal told her, it's like, you can't even bend over right now. If you do, you may be paralyzed. Um, so, life is really different in our home right now. What does that mean? Now, Here's what's crazy. Like, I remember when my mom got cancer, right? Like, sometimes when, when you find out news like this, you don't, like, necessarily want to be the bearer of that news, right? And yet it's truth. And so it's important that my mother-in-law knows right now that she has a broken back. Because if she didn't, she'd keep doing what she's doing, and then she could end up being paralyzed. So sometimes if you love somebody, you also want to really tell them what's true. So I'm just going to dive. Now let me just go right in the deep end. Okay, I'm going to cannonball in and just splash you all. With, with God's word here. First John chapter five. In that chapter, he, uh, the author John, he's talking about, you know what? If it's like a court of law or whatever, we'll believe a human being's testimony. We will. He goes, but why do we struggle to believe God's testimony? See, Jesus, when he came on earth, it said that he said, I came to testify to what is true. And then in first John chapter five, it's up here on the screen, verse 11. It just, it just describes for us. Here's the testimony of God. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. And whoever has the Son 
has life. See, now that's, that's the good news. So when you have the son and you experience this eternal life, it's like, man, guess what? You want to share good things with those you love. You'd love to do that. But the verse goes on, it says, but whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Now, like I said, I'm going to just jump right in cannibal. Like, do you believe that? That's a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow. But this is what Jesus Christ, when he was here, if he is the resurrected, the only one who died and rose again, who claimed to be God in the flesh, if he's the only one who could come outside this world and tell us what is true, which is that's exactly what he said I did. I came to tell you what is true. That's my testimony. And here's what's true. I want to give you eternal life. But the life is in Jesus. And whoever has Jesus has life. And whoever doesn't have Jesus doesn't have life. Now, um, so what is eternal life? Eternal life, you guys, in John 17, 3, it says it's knowing the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. This is eternal life. And then he says what? This life, okay, eternal life. This life is in his son. So whoever has a son has life. This life, eternal life is in Jesus, which means when you receive Christ, you receive eternal life. You receive everything that life is meant to be. All the joy, all the peace, all the wisdom, all the strength, everything that's good is in Jesus. And so when you receive Jesus, you actually receive eternal life. Now, here's the other thing. Do you guys all know this? Do you all know you're going to die? Okay, we all know this. So here's what the point. You don't have eternal life in you. You don't. Your life starts and it ends. But what happens after it ends? Well, it goes on. But that eternal life, knowing God, actually only happens in Christ. So what's cool about Jesus, when he was here on on earth, he was showing us that oneness with God is only found in the life of Christ. He is the only one. So eternal life is in Christ. That's because while he was here, he was the only person who could walk this planet and actually be in constant relationship with God. He always did whatever the Father wanted him to do. And what's eternal life? Knowing God, not head knowledge, intimately knowing God. That's eternal life. And so here's, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you, actually. None of us can do that. None of us on this planet can follow God like that. Jesus is the only one who can do that. And guess what heaven's going to be? You know what heaven's going to be? It's going to be full of people who actually really follow God. That's why it's going to be different than here. Because we don't want this again, right? We want something different. Well, what's different is we need, heaven will be a place where people actually follow God. And here's the point. No human being can do that. You actually need the life of the son. He's the one who says yes to his father all the time. So if you're going to have eternal life, the Bible says the only way you're going to get it is you actually have to receive Christ. Now, he goes on, he says, whoever has the son has life. And we're going to look at two things here as, as I read through the scripture that we're going to teach. Two, two, two descriptions of Jesus. Once he's called the lamb of God. And, and John says, oh, look, man, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
So when you think that the, whoever has the son has life, the reason you have life when you have Jesus is because as the lamb of God who takes, he takes away our sin. He forgives us of all of our sin. That's good news, right? See, that's really like, man, I love to share good news with those people I love. Well, here's one of the things I can share with you. You can be absolutely forgiven of all your sin, everything you've ever done, because Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he did that to reconcile you back to God, totally forgive you so you could be back together with God. Now, the other thing Jesus, we're going to look at here today, is he's also called the Messiah. Now, for those of us in 2014 who aren't Jewish, the Messiah doesn't mean much to us. But in two, in, in 2000 years ago, people, the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah. And you know what the Messiah, I, I can't go into a whole deep, you know, thing about, but two things about the Messiah. They believed that when he came, he was going to deliver them. That was it. When the Messiah comes, he's going to deliver us from oppression. Now, what they thought is that the Messiah was going to deliver them from Roman rule, but that's not it. Jesus, you have life when you receive the Son because he delivers you from something far more hideous than a Roman emperor. He actually delivers you from the oppression of everything that's not of God. He wants to deliver you from things that are destroying your life, that are taking you down. That's what Jesus does. He delivers us. And then they knew he would, the Messiah was going to come and he was going to deliver them and the Messiah was going to come and he was going to reign. He was going to be a ruler. But he was going to finally be a good one. <laughs> he was going to be a ruler who was for the people. Who was always just. Who gave up his... Who didn't demand that people would do things for him. But who would give his life to serve the people. That's who the Messiah was. So when you receive Jesus, you receive a deliverer from everything right now. Can I just tell you? Everything that's destroying your life. Everything that's destroying your joy and your peace, everything that's destroying your relationships, Jesus came to be that for you. And then he came and he said, and then I'm going to come inside and I'm actually going to reign. Because all of us, man, we all follow something. And Jesus says, I'm going to come as a Messiah so you can live the life you were created to give. So, love to share good things with people I love. So do you. And this is good stuff. And I love to share the truth. I want, I want my mom and my mother-in-law to be healed, right? I mean, we're going to do everything we can now that we know what's true. We're going to try to deliver her from this and figure out what we can do so she can keep living. Now, this is so important, you guys. I, I was going to show this clip, but I've shown it here before, so I didn't. Let me just lead, re, read you a short little clip from Penn Gillette. How many of you know who Penn Gillette is? Anybody? Okay, about half of us. He's, a, he's down in Vegas, right? Complete atheist, great entertainer. And so after, after he did one of his shows, somebody gave him a Bible. So go and YouTube Penn and Bible, and you can watch his whole... He just took his, his iPhone and just videoed himself. But here's what he said. He says, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. Okay, this is an atheist. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there is a heaven and hell and that people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever you think, it's not, or whatever, I'm sorry, and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward? He goes, an atheist think people shouldn't proselytize. Just leave me alone and keep religion to yourself. And then he says this, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody 
to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them about it. If I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming to hit you and you didn't believe it and that truck was bearing down on you, there is a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. So, Christian, today, I'm praying. I've been praying for you all week long. I prayed for you hardcore this morning. I'm praying that God would wake us up and that we remember how good Jesus really is and that we'll understand that there's a priority to telling. And I I tell you guys, this is why K2 exists. The only reason we moved out here is because we knew that God wanted us to tell people in this valley that there is life, eternal life, and forgiveness of all sin and a great God who loves you. You know, it's why we're doing this new building. You guys know that? I mean, this, this new facility that we're looking at, it's going to be better for our worship. It's going to be better for our fellowship. It's going to be better for our discipleship. But it's going to be better to let more people in this valley know that there's a God who came to bring eternal life. Now, if you're here today and you're like, holy crow, I just was visiting and uh, just came with a friend. And, I, I, and if you don't believe this, then here's, here's what I just want to share with you. You're going to know why we do what we do today. And here's what I really hope will happen. I hope you'll hear God's heart for you. I hope you'll hear God's heart for you. That he wants to forgive you and deliver you from everything that's keeping your life from being what it could be. And he wants to come in and reign. He wants to actually give you power and strength as you follow him. Okay? So, let's pray. And here's what we're going to do. Because, okay, I just spent two-thirds of my message on the intro. (laughs) And I did that on purpose. Because I am going to read through you a passage now. And all of you are a Christian, man, grab your notes and your pen. And you have to write this stuff down. But here's, because I want to tell you what does it mean to have the priority in your life to tell other people about Jesus. But I knew this. If I just jumped in the message, hey, you know, you guys need to tell people about Jesus. You're like, I know. But now do you know? This is huge. Life and death comes through this decision, all right? So let's pray. Father, I just pray that your word now would just come powerfully to us, that you would teach us, that you would correct us, that you would train us, because that's what you do. Your word says that that's what you do. And Lord, I just pray that you'd move within us and help us to be the people you've redeemed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 1. Uh, verse 35. So right off the bat, so here we are, first chapter of the book of John, and already we see how important it is that we tell other people about Jesus, okay? So here we go. The next day, John, and this is John the Baptist, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. See, because again, when you love people, you love to share good things with those you love. So he sees Jesus. He's like, oh, this is good. Look, you guys. And when the two disciples heard him saw, uh, say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and they saw where he was staying. And they spent that day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. Now listen to this. Here's what what I'm going to unpack for you today. Okay, tackle this, grab this. The first, what's our series called? First. 
The first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother. Okay? He found his brother, Simon, and he tell him, we have found the Messiah, and that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. And then Jesus looked at him, and he said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which means translated Peter. All right. So I'm just going to teach you really quick. Write these things down. Why this priority of telling? Number one, here's what we need to do. Here's what this scripture tells us. Go and find people. Go and find people, right? The first thing Andrew did once he saw Jesus is he said, he says he went and he found his brother Simon. Why did, why did, why did Andrew do that? Because we love to share good things with people we love. So the first thing I just want to tell you guys, don't wait till you have all the answers. There are so many of us, it's like, well, I can't really tell anybody about Jesus because I don't get it. Well, guess what? That's okay. Guess what? I don't think you're ever going to fully get it. If you sit around and wait till you get all the answers down, you will never say anything. It's like, people, you just go. You can do this, right? But uh, as, as well, do you see how this is so important not to wait? It's the first thing he did. And here's the other thing it showed, is it showed that Andrew loved his brother. I love you, Peter. Or Simon. It wasn't Peter yet. I love you, Simon. And so I'm going to tell you this. Now, Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Great news, right? God so loved who? The whole world. We talk about this all the time. There's not a soul on this planet that Jesus didn't die for. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent. So if you're a Christian here today and you don't ever tell anybody about Jesus, like, why would you do it? Well, you, you wouldn't unless you won't go unless you are being sent. And that is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So let me just, let me just share and reveal something to you here. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said this, peace be with you. This is at the very end of his time. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Did y'all hear that? Okay, so if Jesus was, could literally be up, if I could just sit down, which would be great, and Jesus could get up here and actually speak to you, that's what he would tell you. You guys, just as the Father sent me to come and reveal the truth, to testify to the truth, just as he sent me, I'm sending you. Every one of you in this room who is a follower of Christ you, do you guys hear this? You are a sent one. What did Jesus say when he was calling his, his, his people to follow him? He said, come follow me and I will do what? I'll make you a fisher of men. I'll make Justin, you're, you're Dustin, you're a fisherman, right? You don't sit in your boat and go, come on, fish. Come on, right? No, when you're a fisherman, you're like, you put it out there. You go, you act, you do it. So the number one thing is you need to go and find people. So here's what I want to ask you. All of you who are, who are Christ followers right now, pen and paper, I want you to write down one name. Because I, I know this right now. If you're, if most of us in this room, you haven't gone, you haven't went, you haven't gone, and you haven't told anybody anything in a long time. And God has you in your workplace and in your neighborhood, in friendships, because he wants people to know. So write down who it is. That's your application. Write down one name 
I believe God's already put that person in your eyes. You already know. Oh, do I? All right. That's the first one. Go and tell people. Number two, tell people about Jesus, right? Tell people about Jesus. So the first thing, the first thing that Andrew did is he, he, he went to find his brother, Simon, and then he told him that we found the Messiah. Well, why did he tell him? Because we love to share good things with those we love. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 3 and 4 says this. Paul says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of what? First importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So, if, you, if you're sitting here and you go, man, I do believe in Jesus. But what do I tell people about Jesus? Well, the two things. Number one, you're going to see this every time. There's the Lamb of God and the Messiah. The, the, what's it, it's here right here. That he died. First importance, that he died. He's the Lamb of God to save us from our sins. And secondly, that he was raised. That he's the Messiah. That he actually has the power now and the authority to deliver you from whatever's destroying your life. And he's the king. He's reigning. He's Lord of all. And then this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this. Christ's love compels us. You know, this will be maybe in the next one. He, but it compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he, and he died for all so that those who live, listen to this, he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for yourself. But you live for him who died for them and was raised again. So there it is again. What do I tell people about Jesus? He died. He's the Lamb of God. He saves you and forgives you from all of your sin. And he's the Messiah. We, I don't, you no longer live for yourself anymore. But you finally, he delivers you from your selfish nature so that you actually can live for him. And then look at this, 2 Corinthians 5. And all of this is a gift from God. You guys, the greatest news is what? You don't have to try to earn this. It's a gift from God who brought us... God brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, he gave us, you guys, this wonderful message. Wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, be reconciled. To God. Do you guys hear all that scripture? Guess what? We're supposed to tell people about Jesus. The only way people are going to be saved is if they hear about Jesus. And the only way we're going to do it is this. We've been called to do it and we need to do it. So we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people, guys, there's a, there's a lamb of God who will totally die for all of your sin to completely forgive you, to reconcile you back to God. And he's the Messiah, man. And he has authority to deliver you from all the stuff that's destroying your life. This is a really, really good God. Now, so part of me would say, well, how, how do I do that? Because I, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Can I just tell you guys? So about a year and a half ago, we put together this thing called Base Camp. And it is just a small little book. And if you want to know how do I tell people about Jesus, then just grab one of our base camp books. It is simple. It is easy. It's transferable. We made it like that so that any of you, any person could use this as a tool just to help somebody else know the truth about Jesus. Now, if you want, and this will be very cool, we're actually going to be starting a base camp class in August. So in the lobby, sign up today. Sign up for base camp if you haven't taken it. Even if you're a long-time Christian, sign up for Basecamp and learn how to use this tool so you can tell other people 
about Jesus, your Savior, your Redeemer. He is. That's who he is. All right? So go for it. So tell people about Jesus. Number three, bring people to Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon, tell him that we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and then he brought him to Jesus. And again, why would he want to bring him to Jesus? Because we love to share good things with those we love. So here's my question. How do we bring people to Jesus today? How do you do that? 1 John 1, 3, I think, gives us the answer. Here's what it says. John starts off his book and he says, We proclaim to you, that's what I'm doing, I'm proclaiming to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So how do we bring people to Jesus? You know what the Bible tells us? You bring them to church. He goes, I'm telling you, so you'll come into our fellowship. Because guess what? When we're together, we actually are fellowshipping. We're actually connecting with God and with Jesus. So I've said this for 10 years, you guys. I don't want to tell you about Jesus. I want to introduce you to him. See, there's a big difference between hearing about somebody and actually meeting him. And what Jesus does is, and then you go on to this, look at this verse, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. How do I bring people to Jesus? Well, apparently he's in me. So if he's in me, then when people run into me, they should taste Jesus. Ooh. How y'all, amen. Amen. How y'all doing? All right. See, because the, the, I literally, you guys, the way we bring people to Jesus today is we're just, Jesus is supposed to be living in us. So when they run into us, they taste and see that Jesus is good. So I just got to tell you, man, huge one on this. Here's a huge application on this one. If people do run into you, do they run into Jesus? And when people come to K2, are we actually fellowshipping with the risen Jesus? Now, I will say, again, I hear this a lot again. When you're speaking to me, when you're speaking, I feel like you're speaking right to me. And I always tell people, yes, he was speaking to you. Because he says, I'm with you. So we need, here's what, here's the application there, you guys. You need to learn how to receive from Jesus on a daily basis. That's our number one value here at K2. In word and in prayer, you've got to receive from him so that he's keeping you fresh. And then you've got to say yes to God. Here's what I know. Every time I say yes to God, I keep in step with the Spirit of God. And then I think people have a chance to taste Jesus. And every time I say no to God and I'm doing my own thing, when people run into me, guess who they run into? Me. Not so glorious. All right? So, invite people into your life with him. And here's the last thing. Go tell people. Go find people. Tell people about Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. And then the last one is this. And then trust people with Jesus. Actually, trust Jesus with people. Don't trust people with Jesus. Trust Jesus with people. So as soon as he brought him, as soon as he brought him to Jesus, what happened? Then Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which means translated as Peter. As Peter. You guys, here's what's cool. Not only do we love to share good things with those we love, Jesus loves to share good things with those he loves. And that is why when you come to K2, you hear him. 
And that is why your heart gets moved. And that is why over and over and over again I hear people say, when I first started coming, tears just rolled down my face. It's because Jesus loves to share good things with you too. 1 Corinthians 3 says this. After all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Here's what I know. When you don't hear from me, but you actually hear the Spirit of God speak to your heart, everything changes. I don't think anything changes at all until you feel like God has actually spoken to you. But when God speaks to you, there's nothing like it. And so, verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are, you are, God's fellow workers. Every one of you in this room who follow Jesus, you are supposed to be a fellow worker, an ambassador telling as if God could make his appeal to people. You plant and you water, but then the coolest thing is, then you don't manipulate and you don't twist arms and you don't pressure and you don't demean and you don't stand on street corners and tell people they're going to hell. No. You plant and you water and then you trust God to make it grow. All right? So, Find people, tell them, bring them, and trust them. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ at all, I just I hope you've heard today, how cool is it to know that you are first on his mind? All he wants to do is save you from your sin, reconcile you to God, deliver you from stuff that's destroying your life, and then give you strength and power as he, as he rules and reigns in your heart. So as I go and as you prepare for worship, we're going to share with you a really cool video story of just how this happened between two brothers, just like Andrew and Peter. So watch this, and then we'll worship together. I I, I saw a big change in Frank. Um, You know, a change for the good. I mean, he was just genuine, more loving. It uh, It was a person I had never seen before. I guess I got into a lot of trouble growing up. Um, I rebelled when I was younger. We moved from California, and, and I started getting in some trouble. I was involved with, with gangs and selling drugs. And But in um, 2009, my, my whole life changed. I, uh, that was a real tough year. My, my dad passed away that year, too, as well. Um, but I remember, like, right before I took off to uh, Tucson, Arizona, he, he told me I need to quit doing what I was doing. I'm going to get busted. I said, yeah, I'm going I'm to quit, Dad, uh, as soon as I'm done with this one. Sure enough, it was, you know, I got caught. And ended up going to prison for a couple of years, and my uh, my roommate invited me to a, a 12-step program, Bible-based program, and uh, I started attending this, this 87-year-old uh, woman. Her name was Miss Glass, but she loved the Lord with all her heart, and um, I seen that love, and I was like, I want this, and I accepted Christ, and I accepted Christ probably about 30 times, you know, just to make sure, and started reading the Bible every day. Um, from that point on, it was just made a commitment. 
you know, it's the best thing ever happened to me because, you know, it was, I looked at it, it was like a spiritual training camp and God was um, working in me in there and I had some awesome brothers I still talk to today. That's some really good people. And I got out and lived in Tucson, Arizona for a couple of years and had a good job, went to a great church and I was comfortable. I didn't want to come back to Utah. I was, you know, it was good. I was, I was kind of afraid because I didn't want to come back here, my old stomping grounds and, but God had a different plan and put on my heart it was, you know, it's time for you to go back and what happened was my mom, she had a house fire in July. 2012. From that point on, I uh, I moved back here in September. I just been trying to be a, a good example and just try to live for Christ. You know, every day it's tough, but I do all things through Christ, and I believe that. I believe. I mean, we can say a bunch of words and stuff, but if we're not living that life, no one's not. They're not going to listen. They're not going to want to go check it out. So, I believe that's the number one thing. Is, is live for Christ, you know, through your examples, and that's like witness in itself right there. Um, so. He called me when he got out of prison after he had accepted Christ. Um, and it was just, it, he, he was a new man, and um, when, whenever he would talk to me on the phone, I'm, I always, always thought to myself, like, is this the same Frank that I know? And so, you know, he spent a couple of years in Tucson. Um, he told me he had some uh, a prompting that, you know, he's meant to come back to Utah. I didn't really know what that meant at the time. So he came back to Salt Lake City in 2012, and uh, he found this church called K2. He'd go to church, and he'd always ask me, hey, you know, do you want to come to K2? And I was like, yeah, I'm not, not really interested in coming to K2, um, but he kept, he kept persisting. And, and during that time while, while he was asking me, um, I, I, I saw a big change in Frank. Um, you know, a change for the good. I mean, he was just genuine, more loving. It was, uh, it was a person I had never seen before. I, I finally went. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a really good experience. And so, um, hey, go again you're coming to k2 and you know i kept going and um you know eventually i i I felt the holy spirit and uh was baptized two months ago with my brother in the tank as well as uh pastor dave so if it wasn't for my brother um you know i wouldn't be here today so thank god for him he just kept discipling so yeah